Welcome to another episode of Awaken the Kingdom Within. I'm going to welcome everyone to uh, a welcome Awaken the Kingdom Within. I am very, very excited today to have my special guest, Sharice uh, Allen. I'm going to let her introduce herself in a minute, um, but I'm going to tell you what brings us together today. I have been very concerned about what I'm seeing in on the television, listening to on the radio. I feel like we're in a season of denial where we just can't believe that we've been traumatized by what's been going on in our lives the last several years. And every, I don't think there's a week that's gone by that there hasn't been some article about either an attempted suicide, a suicide. And these are unusual to me because Maybe they've always gone along, but now because of social media, I'm seeing them more. But some of these individuals in our minds are at levels where we think you transcend mental health issues. Now we should know this because, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, we had Robin Williams who was, you know, we've had various people in our in our views that that have introduced us to this topic. But I invited Sharice to come because. I believe one group of people that can't speak for themselves are our youth and our young adults. And we wanna talk about that today as opposed to adults. So Sharice, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> you know, when I've had uh, discussions with individuals around um, mental health for a while and what we're coming to understand are different levels of training and different backgrounds, there are so many spectrums that, that are available to help us, and you're involved in one of those. So can you give us a little idea of what your background is, your training, and what it is that you are um, working on and specializing toward? Okay, so I am a licensed professional counselor associate out of the state of Texas, and I specialize in anxiety, depression, life changes, self-esteem, uh, couples therapy, and so much more for teens and adults. And um, for today, I'm going to really, you know, focus on different signs and symptoms that um, parents or adults can notice in children and young and, and young people regarding their mental health, um, how the pandemic has impacted children, how what's going on in their environment has affected them emotionally, academically, uh, and behaviorally in their life. What is it about adults that we often do not understand the nonverbal signs. We're taught how to read them in children, like infants, um, signals, you know, they cry to look at temperature, to look at various things. But when our children kind of reach that elementary age, we're more prone to look at their actions than reading certain signs. And what is it about our training as adults that we're not given that, that tool to understand nonverbal stress or when our children are struggling um, at an early age? Well, honestly, I believe that adults are not given really that tool to recognize certain signs because it's just really not talked about. 
in general, like the awareness of it all is just not talk about when, you know, when a woman is pregnant, you have all of these books on, oh, children and toddlers and what to do. And then once, you know, your children reach like school age, it just kind of goes out the window until we start seeing some real strong behavioral symptoms. And then it's like, hold on, what's going on here? Like what's happening? And then it's kind of blamed on, oh, well, that's just teenager. That's just teenage emotions versus really kind of checking in and um, identifying, okay, the isolation. Are they really withdrawn right now due to teenage moves? Or is this really a shift that's happening due to something that occurred in their environment? Um, so one thing is really good for parents, for adults to do is just listen, right? After we've kind of identified certain signs as far as you know, the withdrawal, isolation, even irritability, uh, increase or decrease in appetite, sleeping habits, checking in with the child and saying, hey, you know, what's going on? And creating this safe space where there's no judgment happening. Because a lot of times teens or, or young children, they're not going to tell mommy and daddy what happened because they're afraid that they're going to get in trouble. So then they go to their friends. So creating that safe space to where that child's emotions are not being dismissed or, you know, diminished because of whatever else is going on in their life. And then asking in return, hey, so what, what can mommy or daddy do to help you in this situation? And providing that support is necessary. I'm glad what you're talking about that because I am a parent parenting a tween who just went through a pandemic. One of the things you helped me understand is that youth experience stress. And I wanna ask you about that. Um, do youth experience stress, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, do they have issues with mental health? Absolutely. Uh, youth, they experience stress and have issues with mental health. Our environment and biological factors make up who we are. You know, it, it's how we internalize and respond to situations. So, uh, for example, it can be something so minor as hearing mom and dad argue to going to school and during, dealing with their peers, hearing negative comments from each other, how they internalize information from TV, and then the pandemic right? The pandemic halted everything. And even from an adult standpoint, um, a lot of adults had a difficult time transitioning. So that's magnified by two, three, and four when you're dealing with like young children, how they're processing the information, how they're dealing with hearing about all of the deaths and even seeing some people dying in their family and not really knowing how to navigate this system because they're so young. How do they process it? So then that's where, you know, those behavioral uh, symptoms or signs kind of come up because it's a lot for them to deal with. It really impacts them, you know, socially, emotionally, academically, and behaviorally. Children are just now going back to school. And so how has the pandemic impacted our youth and young adult? What are you seeing? So I actually saw it, you know, hands-on because I was an educator full-time and therapist part-time. Now I'm a full-time therapist, but I saw the transition of like socially, for example, 
students used to come to school, they had that interaction with their peers and with their teacher. And then once they integrated back full time here in Texas, we had like uh, before they went back full time, we had half and half. They got to choose half went virtually and half came uh, face to face. So I noticed the decline in their social interaction you know, in the class, they weren't talking as much, okay, they had masks on, so that even prevents them from even feeling comfortable to even, you know, talk, they had their own fears of, oh, no, I don't want to get sick, and then they're seeing their peers being isolated for 10 days, so now they're fearful, like, okay, I might have to be isolated too, or I might get sick, so socially, you know, their interactions declined, not much talking academically. Oh my goodness. Like, you know, they lost so much time uh, just learning. It's different learning face-to-face versus over a computer, you know, especially given the dynamic at home, everybody's environment is different. Did they, do they have a quiet space? If they have brothers and sisters, do they have a room that they can go in and really listen? Or is their brother and sister crying? Do they have to take care of brother and sister? You know, so you have that aspect where, you know, um, their educational side, like learning is missed a lot because, hey, I really can't even hear across the computer or I don't even understand where you are. Like, (laughs) then I have to figure out how to submit this information. So academically, behaviorally, you go from this structured environment, you know, being at school, waking up, catching the bus or car ride or getting to school, and then everything halts. Now you're at home depending on the structure at home, you know, are you waking up one time? Are you on the the game all day and you just logged into Zoom and you're really playing the game and acting like you're doing work? So now you have to integrate back into this structure at school, which can be difficult, okay? Learning how to go back to class, getting to class on time, sitting for the full 45 minutes to an hour, depending on your class time, you know, at that particular school, sitting this whole entire time, just listening and taking notes, everything is just a huge impact and change. That's what I've noticed with young children integrating back into school, how it's impacted them. Uh, It's just a total shift. So they have to relearn how to navigate everything with this pandemic still going on. With the pandemic still going on that, I mean, and we'll, and is this our lifestyle now, right? Um, we're just, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm learning it as we go, right? Trying to trying to stay focused and going forward. You know, you gave me some great ideas. And one of the things I wanted to share with those who listen to me is, uh, and I'm just saying this for myself, you don't have to say it, you know, don't fool yourself. We need assistance. I'm just gonna put that out there. I don't care if you're really an intelligent, intuitive uh, person, This is something that requires us to really have input from those who work in the mental health field, in the counseling field. We need help. Do not ignore it because our our ignorance sometimes creates a great stressful environment for our children where they don't know where to go to get information. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, Cherise, was about tools and signs. Um, Help me help other parents or other individuals who have young people around um, help us with some tools and to see what are some of the signs we should be looking for. Okay, so as far as tools, one thing, listening to your child, like I have to like highlight that because it's really key, listening, watching, 
their actions, the emotional state, seeing their academic level. I, I've heard of a lot of, you know, their grades slipping, social interactions. Another tool is getting engaged in your child's interests. You know, check in, like, what do you like to do? And, and partake in that activity with your child. Um, now, as far as um, symptoms or signs, rather, you have that you can be the sadness, you have irritability, there can be isolation always in the room, loss of motivation and interest in things that your child once loved to do, like, oh, I used to love painting, and now they don't like painting anymore all of a sudden. Even down to, you know, certain anxiety, worry, changes in appetite, changes in sleep, increasing in risky behaviors, like where did they pick this up from? Well, those are like the main signs and symptoms that parents can look for out of their children. And also, you know, since we talked about, you know, suicide earlier, you can look at your, just check if they're starting to wear long sleeves or hoodies and it's hot, right? And it's always, they're always on, check their wrist on the, on the slit, check their stomach, check at, check the bottom of their or their feet, okay, for signs of any cutting that could be happening because just because a, a child may cut doesn't mean that they're trying to commit suicide. They could be trying to release some type of tension that they've kept bottled up and they're releasing it in an unhealthy way, okay? Check around the room. You might need to do a room sweep. You know, is there anything that's being hidden as far as, you know, sharp objects, you know, and really pay attention to, I don't know if they're, if they have to do any writing, a lot of times they have to do writing in school. You can like read their assignments and see where their head space is at as well. So. Mm -hmm. One of the things you taught me, and I have put this into practice. In fact, I don't even know if I told this to you, but let me, let me compliment you. Now we did have a moment with my daughter where I, I sense stress. It was just Reacclimating into school has just been a challenge because last year was really so bad. Yeah. And so just, it, it was just, we just erased it and say, let's start over this year. But we had a bad day. And I remember you saying, join in with something they enjoy. So we came home and it was, even though it was a school night, I asked her, I said, do you wanna play some Monopoly? And she said, yeah. So we sat down and I'm awful at Monopoly, but I, I was destined to try to win. I lost anyway. Yeah. So we played a game of Monopoly. And I found that in it was just that environment of being in something that you enjoy. We were there together. We could chit chat, but we were able to kind of disconnect from the bad day and yeah. you know move on to something that was more of a good day so i do thank you like if people don't believe that what she's saying is true it is true it was something that simple that led me into be able to kind of chit chat about what was going on and then mm -hmm. also play the game because my daughter happens to be highly competitive and when she's <laughs> winning the world is everything in the world is right when, when exactly <laughs> I love that. I think this is a great place for us to take a break. We'll be right back.
you are a counselor having people of faith who are uh, trained in mental health is such a kingdom resource and treasure for us. And I want you to share with us when a parent will recognize that, you know, I think something is beyond maybe some of the tools that we've talked about. I am listening, I'm seeing, but I don't know what how to engage this because I'm really concerned about it. When should they reach out to a counselor? I think parents should reach out to a counselor as soon as they see a, a change, you know? And in reality, to be honest with you, I think counseling should kind of just be something that is naturally integrated into everybody's life. With children, for example, children are gonna go to their friends before they go to their parents in certain cases, because like I stated, you know, they may feel they're going to get in trouble. So having someone there that is a neutral party that can create this safe space of, you know, non-judgment would be good with bridging that gap between parent and child, because we are authorized and it's based off a of state, you know, we could breach confidentiality due to certain stipulations required by, by law, you know, regarding harm to self, danger to others, court mandated abuse that has happened. We are required to breach that confidentiality so we can bridge that gap between parent and child. So I think that having this safe space for children to kind of, you know, just brain dump, I like calling it brain dump, and just unload you know, everything that's going on. They can talk about mommy and daddy without getting in trouble and how they got in, you know, got in trouble at school and this happened and that happened in the safe space. So I think counseling should be integrated as early as possible. But if you are just mainly uh, focused on as a parent, as just signs, as soon as you see the first sign of, hey, you know what? Okay, this might be something outside of my expertise. I really don't know how to, navigate this, then that is a huge indicator. Like, okay, th there's nothing changing. I've, I've listened to my child. I still see these, these, uh, these signs and symptoms occurring and uh, they're closed off from me. They don't want to really want to talk to me. Those are good signs to go ahead and reach out to somebody. I want to encourage everyone to do that in light of everything we're, we've seen in the world. And I want to get your kind of your thought about this. You know, we've seen some, some individuals, the, the um, I, I, I'm going to mispronounce her name, so I won't do it, but she was the Miss USA. She, oh she so impacted me that she really recalibrated my mind. She made me contemplate on a lot because there was a term used, high functioning depression. And that means that sometimes, well, I don't mean that means, but what it said to me was, and I thought of myself, you know, sometimes performing, like achieving, not always not doing something, sometimes just achievement can still, does not mean that you don't have mental stress. Can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit more, better than I did? <laughs> <laughs> No, you did a good job. No, you're right. High functioning depression is literally, you know, you're still going through life, right? You have these symptoms, well, you have these feelings of just hopelessness, but you're still having to push through life because you have to show up. And oftentimes, this is also culturally, what uh, studies have shown culturally depression, a lot of African-American women are actually being misdiagnosed with other, other disorders and it's really depression. Because 
you ain't no stopping. I still have to watch my kids. I still have to take care of home. I still have to provide financially. So it may come out and it may look different, you know, across the board culturally. And so with the young lady who, um, you know, committed suicide, that was what was happening. Like she was operating high functioning. So the signs didn't look like the typical depression signs. But I will say this, this goes back to listening. She said some key elements in interviews. I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard of any of the interviews that she did, but she said something like, yeah, I'm doing all this, but I'm paraphrasing. You can go back and research it, but but it still doesn't mean anything, or I still don't feel fulfilled. It was something around those lines that she said. And that was a key detail to say, oh, whoa, she's not satisfied right now. Let me check in right here. Because people, you know, in this world, they talk about their feelings. And when we have them on this pedestal, like, oh, she's perfect. She got everything together. And they mention like, girl, I'm just going through it. But you know, I'm pushing through. That's the indicator. Oh, let me check in. She said she's going through it, but she's pushing through. Let me listen a little bit more and, 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 and check in and really see how this person is doing. They say like check on the strong person or check on that person that seems like they have it all together because more than likely they may be you know, going through some other things, which is, I mean, everybody's going through something, right? But even more so really picking up on different signs that do come out in a person's language that you can press in to, to kind of like hear and navigate it, but don't even notice it because everybody has to keep going on with life. You don't have time to stop and process your emotions because work doesn't stop, home duties don't stop and everything else that comes up in between. So I want to encourage us, you know, we're people of faith and I want them to understand the toolbox is not either or, it's all we have in the kingdom. Some incredible individuals like Sharice, who is uh, trained to be able to help us. They understand our faith. They understand how to interject it so that we can have things to pray for, meditate on. But they also have tools that will help us understand the mind, the physical part of our mind and how it works. And before I let you go, I would like for you just to kind of share anything that's on your mind that you feel is important for us to know, um, for parents to be able to check in with, you know, who's around them, their children, the young people that are around them themselves, and uh, also tell them how they can um, follow up with you and uh, follow your work that you're doing. You can find me on Instagram at Callen, X Callen. So it's C-A-L-L-E-N, the letter X, C-A-L-L-E-N. And from there, there is a link in my bio to all the resources I have. I have a YouTube, I have a blog. I also have an ebook on integrating theology and psychology, basically, you know, how the Christian, those that are believers, you know, you can integrate both, like it's okay to get counseling and still believe in Jesus. uh, (laughs) Also, parting thoughts, like one thing that has been on my heart is the awareness of mental health and how it has this negative stigma of, oh, you have to be deemed as crazy as people would say to go to a counselor. And a lot of individuals, they they don't seek resources because of that stigma. And 
therapy is not like that. You can literally just go just to talk, even if you don't even know what's going on. A basic life change, oh, a career change, you're confused about something, or even just helping your child, you know, navigate whatever they're going through. There are so many resources out there, you know, by utilizing a therapist and just having that neutral space because everybody is just not trained to handle certain things that we carry, you know? And so going into an environment where you're talking to someone that can, that is trained to help you through whatever it is that's going through is, is very beneficial. Be aware of the mental health of children. Like children have a mind, children have a psyche and they don't, they're not always mature enough to be able to connect feelings and words, but they still have feelings. Yeah. And they still have thoughts, even if they're unable to communicate uh, with us what that is. And we need to, I'm just getting you to cheerlead with me. We as people need to listen and stop and listen to our kids. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head with that. Okay. I mean, it really is important. And like you said earlier, how you recognize within yourself, like how you're feeling, like you can only imagine how uh, your daughter was feeling. And that's the same thing that I feel like all adults have to recognize. Like, you know, you've had a long day at work. Imagine how you feel after you come home from a long day at work. You just want to chill, get in bed, eat and sleep. Imagine how your child feels, you know, when they go to school all day and what they want to do, but yet they got to come home and they got to clean their room. They got to do their homework. They got to do X, Y, and Z. So remembering that just like you have feelings and your emotions go fluctuate up and down throughout the day. That's the same thing with our children. Oftentimes we punish our child for having certain behaviors, but we have moments where we're irritable. We have, uh, we're irritated too, where we have outbursts as well. Right. And so kind of extending that same grace to our children when they're having these moments and checking in and maybe do you know, like an engaging activity, like we talked about earlier, where they can decompress from their day before they start, you know, their homework, but just really remembering the importance of, of how this world will impact your child and and multiply that. Okay. So imagine yourself and how we kind of already have just enough as adults, we have enough expertise and knowledge to know, okay, this is what's happening with inside of me. We can reflect, but a child that is still learning and growing and trying to figure out, you know, themselves, oh my gosh, how much more difficult it is for them to, you know, compartmentalize their feelings. And they may not even know how to express it because it could just be an emotional overload at moments and it comes out differently. So it's very important. Well, thank you. I, 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 first of all, I love you. You know, I'll tell people. Who I, you know, are. I love you too. <laughs> and, and I, and I, I'm really passionate about this subject in a world that has superficial standards. They don't want you to be who you're designed to be. They there's, there are all of these expectations. So I want parents to understand, but these children have digested a lot. They were a lot of conflict in the midst of this, a lot of confusion. So I do believe we just need to be very sensitive, looking at their school, looking at what's important. You said it very key, 
And that is true. Like they are asking, like, what's the point of me going to school? Especially with the exposure of social media where they can see, oh, I can just, I can get paid for like <laughs> playing video games all day. You know, this is a new, this generation is different than back in the day when we kind of, it was like more so preached education, but even, even more so they're saying, well, I could have, why can't I just stay home? Why do I got to go into the building? Why can't I just stay home and be back on the computer? So yes, really honing into meaning and, you know, helping your child navigate, like, why, like, why is this important to you? Why should this be important to you? What do you want to be, you know, hone in on their interests and, and how they feel they want to live their life when they become older and really engage in those interests as well to kind of, you know, sharpen those skills and push them in this forward direction. Okay, well, if you want to be an artist when you get older, okay, this is why it's important to kind of keep pushing and going through school. So I think really identifying the meaning. And then if parents, you know, are having a difficult time in counseling, excuse me, parents can plug them into uh, resources with counselors. And counselors, we have resources that can help children navigate the meaning and, and find, you know, valid reasons to can continue to go through school and just, you know, move forward. I really appreciate Sharice being here. Sharice Allen, she is a graduate of the Houston Baptist University, and she holds a master's in counseling. And upon graduating, she completed and passed the board exam in CE, and she is now a licensed professional counselor associate in the state of Texas, and she's supervised by LaQuantra Patterson LPCS. And she is also my cousin. So you guys just, yeah. you know, <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for educating us. You've helped a lot of people of faith today and I appreciate you stopping by. If what we talked about today resonated with you, then I invite you to read Seven Keys to Awaken the Kingdom of Heaven Within. The book I wrote, is designed to take you on a journey of self-discovery and spiritual renewal. It comes together with a journal and it's available exclusively at CherylNaomiDavis.com.